Hey, this is Jim, and you're listening to the podcast edition of the Jim Toth Show. Hear us live weekday afternoons from 1 till 3. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Tony Friesen joins me once again, training coordinator at Mediation Services. Tony, thank you for joining me once again. Welcome back. Jim, it is an honor to be back. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, I really appreciate it because uh, we got a lot of response to our conversation last time um, from Mediation Services and what you do, and and maybe mm-hmm. we'll just revisit that. Um, it was a great conversation on how to deal with divisiveness that we've seen throughout the pandemic and relationships and families. Um, just remind people what Mediation Services and, and you do. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity. So Mediation Services is a nonprofit charitable organization based out of Winnipeg. We have a court diversion program, uh, but I think more applicably to the listener right now, listeners rather, we have a community mediation and coaching program, and we also have a training program. So people who are struggling with conflict uh, and conflict-related issues, there's a great place to become an expert and to essentially make your life easier. Yeah, and I really like what you do because I think you've helped a lot of people. I know some of our listeners have reached out um, and had a a sibling or some parents that they just – uh, weren't getting over some of the, the the pandemic issues that we see arose, and, and it, they said it really helped. So I appreciate you joining me once again. I want to start sure. in a different um, sort of angle this time. And, and the conversation came up that um, compared to last year at this time with mandates being lifted, people are doing more and they're seeing more people. And somebody brought up the mm-hmm. idea in a meeting today that, you know, people that they sort of know for many years and, 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 and hung out with and maybe talked to weekly but saw them maybe every bi-weekly, uh, haven't seen them for over a year. And it was awkward now that you can see them again. Um, is that a normal thing when, when you you've, haven't seen people you've known and loved and <laughs> cherished for so long that once you do again, it's kind of like getting reacquainted? Well, I mean, the the good thing about me here talking about this is I'm an awkward person to begin with, even before the pandemic. So I think I'm an expert on this topic as well. Um, Certainly, there are some things that are completely unrelated to communication and conflict in that I've been chatting with people who had social anxiety before the pandemic hit. And then you've had two years of being told that it's dangerous out there to get out into the community. So people who have who are already dealing with mental health concerns. I mean, this is something that I think there's. It's definitely not my wheelhouse, not my lane, and uh, not something I can jump into too much. However, as far as the the other piece, the awkwardness, one of the things that I find most interesting about the changes recently is that for the last, or up, up until a few months ago, we had the government who were there putting out mandates and regulations, and ultimately the, the conversation was, are you following the regulations or are you not following the regulations? And now that the government is no longer doing this, we are now responsible for finding out what exactly are our personal boundaries and how are we going to go about setting those and implementing them in a way that um, everyone else has their own boundaries, their own needs, and, and trying to find a way to do this without, w- without really stepping on people's toes or causing hurt feelings or anything can be a bit of an awkward conversation if you're not prepared for it. Yeah, it, it can indeed. And I also wanted to ask you about that as well, because uh, it, it sparked conversation from the start here on 680 CJOB with Brett McGarry when he was saying, you know, he remembers last year not having seen people for so long, then went out to a golf course with some friends and there were seven buddies there and hadn't seen them for so long. And it just, he go, I felt overwhelmed. He said he had to go take a break for a bit. Um, that's something I think people need to be conscious of. And, and I've noticed that myself, like just having to cover a Jets game this year and going down and, and all of a sudden, you know, not seeing 
any group of people for such a long time and then all of a sudden having 15,000 on a concourse, I was taken a little <laughs> bit back by that. I, I think it's really something that people don't consider too much because they're so excited to see people and experience things again that they might not put it in a context of when it actually happens. It can be a lot all at once. Absolutely can. I mean, that's something where up until the pandemic, for a lot of us, being around in crowds was a natural part of life, and our automation didn't need us to like focus on all of these different variables that are occurring all around us. And now, all of a sudden, it's new, and I think we're hyper-aware to, to those surroundings, and it definitely takes a lot of energy to be in those situations for a lot of people. Do you find sometimes, too, that people don't... Like, I don't have a problem with anxiety, and uh, um, I, not normally anyway, but I felt anxious mm-hmm. first time in a crowd, and it doesn't have to be somebody who, like you said yourself, has some anxiety anxi- anxiety issues, is what I'm trying to say. Um, I think it catches some people who maybe haven't in the past had any issue with it by surprise when they first go out. For sure, and I, I can't speak to the mental health thing too much because, again, it's not my wheelhouse, but for people who who are out in these crowds and and they don't have a history of being able to be assertive or it's something that causes them a lot of fears, trying to set your own boundaries out in a space where you're you're uncomfortable with that with these I mean maybe even being the first time having to do this in the pandemic, it can be incredibly overwhelming. What about for people just sort of getting back to seeing each other again? Um, for whatever reason, pandemic, kids, all that stuff, and all of a sudden you maybe have a barbecue and you're you're seeing your friend for the first time in, in eight, nine, ten months. And it's that awkwardness when you first see each other. I always equate it to the first day of school for 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 elementary kids and, and they see all their friends, but then they run up to each other and just stare at each other. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this this is the added complexity that we also are quite engaged, most of us anyways, in social media. So maybe with not seeing them in person, but we've seen a lot of the content go up on social media and we're starting to realize there's a side of them or parts of their viewpoints that we really, really are in opposition to. Um, so I think the last time I was on the show, you had an example. There was a neighbor who I think had been going for beers with a neighbor for a number of years. And then they saw that their, their neighbor had put an upside down flag on their truck. And they came to this conclusion that, well, this is it. I can't get together with this person. They said, they said, Tony, I will never talk to them again. For sure. And so in, in situations like this, I mean, it's a situation where there may actually not have been a conflict, but we see each other as worlds apart. And in, this, in, in that particular situation, I, I think I even said it then, is find other content to focus on. I think we all have friends that we're not 100% in alignment with or agree with on everything. And so if you don't have to bring up these issues that are tricky to talk about, is there a way that we can focus on the other things we used to talk about? Maybe you're a foodie and you used to talk about restaurants or we talk about the Winnipeg Jets. Um, and, and those topics still exist even without this. And if you do feel the need, whether it's for boundary setting or just because you really want to talk about these tricky subjects, very important to set ground rules about being respectful and make sure you have an exit strategy so you can pull the plug before it gets too intense. And that was the next thing I wanted to talk to you about. I think what we've seen, or at least I've seen and heard in the past couple of years is just that like people have been lifelong friends And one Mm -hmm. of these issues from the pandemic or the convoy or something comes up and it's just so jarring that you think you know somebody for so long so well and for them to have that different of a view of yours, you kind of question the whole friendship. Um, Any pointers and tips when, I mean, you touched on a little bit, but when that stuff comes up to just sort of make sure that you do find some common ground to, to maybe put one thing aside and get back to the other 30 things you have in common? Yeah, you know what, to me there's, 
there's kind of like a central question that I, I always try and keep on my mind. Um, that's more, that's my guide in these situations. And my, my question to myself is, is the tension I'm feeling rooted in a disagreement or is it rooted in something that was done that caused me hurt feelings? And because depending on what your answer to this is, it, it vastly changes what the appropriate response would be. And so I can give a bit of an example here. Um, I've talked to a lot of families who were wanting to have family gatherings or get-togethers during the pandemic. And for, for one part of the pandemic, we had it where the government had said that people who were vaccinated were permitted to get together indoors and people who were unvaccinated weren't. And so you had people who, who had been vaccinated or maybe they're pro-mandates, or so they were vaccinated and they were wanting to get together and, and have family gatherings. And so they have a situation where if not everyone is vaccinated, well, now you have to figure out, you know, are you going to in solidarity not get together with people because you can't be there in a full group? If you are going to get together, are you going to try and hide it so you're not causing hurt feelings? Or maybe because you want that transparency, you're calling them and saying, look, we've planned this get together and we can't invite you because you're unvaccinated and it's not permitted within these regulations. So for people who um, uh, were, might be unvaxxed, they are in a situation where they might feel hurt. And for them, this is a situation that's caused hurt. And for them, they're, they're likely going to need for some level of closure to figure out the person, person's intentions and explain the impact it had on them. And finally, Tony, um, we focus yeah. so much on the divisiveness of this, but I also think that this sort of seclusion that we've all been endearing with at different levels speaks to some, a lot of people have told me, you know what, I, I didn't have the best relationship with so-and-so, or I, I haven't talked to my brother or my sister um, regularly prior to this, and I just realized that life is short and, and things can happen, yeah. and, and to, to bridge the device that way. Like, we focus on the negative aspects of the divisiveness, but I think there's some positives that have come out of it, too. Have you experienced some of that? Yeah, I mean, your priorities really shift when, when you're in a situation like this where people around you might be getting sick or being really negatively impacted by it, and you see kind of like the, the shortness of life. So, on a personal note, yes, I can say that the pandemic has affected me in a lot of positive and negative ways. Um, and I think depending on who you are and your, your context, it could be a little bit leaning more to the negative or to the positive. Yeah, and sorry, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. I, I should have said, like, have you you know, been dealing with some of that through uh, mediation services? Because I would think that there's been some positive stories out there as well. Uh, yes, I mean, it's something where... I think once you get to this level of conflict, you do, a lot of people are looking for support. And so for a lot of people, the idea of thinking about conflict, they might think, well, it hasn't worked, but I'll just try and be better. I'll be nicer next time. When in reality, they might have a foundation of really poor conflict tools. And so for a lot of people who then decide, you know what, I need to go get support. I'm going to get help. And they go get these tools to deal with conflict. And all of a sudden, they're much better equipped to dealing with everyday conflict in life and family and friend groups than they were beforehand, even if it's not COVID-related. Great so stuff. So for a lot of people going through our training programs, yes, there is that positive change happening in their lives. Awesome. That's good to hear as well. Um, uh, thanks, Tony. Great. Sorry to cut you off there. Great stuff. Appreciate all <laughs> you do and uh, all your insight when you join us. Thanks for doing this once again. My pleasure, Jim.